0: Hello fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20 the watch quicker podcast with your hosts Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life and other things we like. Everett, how are
1: you? Killing it. I'm here. Just I'm drinking a beer. I had I went to a baseball slinging. game tonight. I worked. I'm just like on top of the world, man. That's as
0: I'm pleased to hear that. Yeah. Uh, And now you're making a scene (laughs) How how are you doing Andrew? I am good, I had a terrific weekend We pulled the trailer out to Newport, Oregon And had a pretty hectic camping trip As anybody who's camped with two young children and two dogs would know Uh, And we're not in a big trailer We're in a 21 foot uh, About as, like the smallest five person sleeper trailer you can buy Um, So it was a little cramped, but the weather was great the beer was many. And a flowing? Yes, it was a flowing and it was terrific. But I'm covered in bug bites, a little sunburned, and everyone is still pretty tired.
1: That's how that goes. Yeah, camping trips are hard. It's a fun trip, though. It's intense.
0: Mm,
1: well, we weren't. <laughs> we were in camper. It's <laughs> uh, yeah. a little, it doesn't, not quite the same level of
0: ring. It, it was, it was good good a lot of learning none of the things that i was worried about going wrong went wrong it was the things you weren't worried about the gotcha no actually it like it just everything went right which is a little scary you know everything worked there everything worked back my wife and i high-fived in the driveway when we got the trailer parked and i was like we did it now what like what's about to go wrong and there was a few little hiccups and stuff, but nothing actually went wrong. Like, the tools never had to come out. Nothing broke. We didn't forget anything of import. It was a fun weekend, but but for the bug bites in sunburn. Yeah. Because the bug bites are at really crucial junctures, like my knees, my ankles, my hands. Yeah, it's buggy season still. You got another month before the oh, bug's all die. Gosh, there were so many. We walked uh, about like a three-quarter mile paved trail up to the last like 300 yards into the dunes which was then leading to the ocean but about a quarter mile of that was through this really densely wooded wet beautiful paved trail with clouds of mosquitoes yeah so you like had to run and you're just like running and flailing about to just mitigate some of the mosquitoes uh that wasn't so great
1: yeah, the Oregon Coast is uh the Oregon Coast is a mixture of dune and rainforest. And if you're in the rainforest portions, it's buggy. Yeah. In July. It's wet. Very, very wet. And it wet. never gets dry. It's just all it's never warm enough for it to dry out. It's just mm-hmm. always wet.
0: The nice thing is about you know when the Oregon Coast, when it's 65 degrees, it feels like it's about a hundred. Yeah. So it was about fifty-five. 60 degrees the whole time we were out there. Just beautiful weather. But for the last day, I woke up. The day we're going to pull stakes, I opened the door. It's pissing rain.
1: You didn't hear the pitter-patter before that?
0: No, because it wasn't... It was, like, so humid... Yeah. ...that there was no rain actually hitting the earth. It was just soaking up everything... So there was like an inch and a half of water on the pad that we were on. So there were things that we left out that were floating. Everything was wet. Oh boy. Uh, fortunately, sun broke a couple hours later. We got to air dry out and then I just reset up camp in the front yard and we got home and let it dry, dry
1: everything, everything out. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's warm enough here. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm worn out, but I'm good. Well, good stuff. Glad to have you back. Uh, we're not changing the we're not changing the tenor of our podcast to be about to be about camping rather we're still well, why not? we're still a watches podcast and we're here today to talk about watches mm,
0: that might be where you're wrong my friend <laughs> it just might be where you're wrong
1: i i gotta th- i i do actually think i'm right about this we're we are talking about watches. Okay, we're talking about watches, Andrew. It's been a, it's been a great week in watches. There's been a lot of things that have happened.
0: Yeah, an, an unusual amount of cool things. I think. Not really unusual. Just a lot of cool things have happened. Some things that have been noteworthy. You want to get us going? I do. I want to talk about a watch that we haven't talked about yet, and it isn't new this last week. Uh, But I want to talk about it because it's doing a cool thing. We're going to first talk about the Porsche Design Chronograph 1 911. And this is not a new watch by any means. Even this particular release isn't that new. Yeah, But we haven't talked about it yet, and there's something... Really cool to talk about here. So, this Chronograph 1 release is being kind of an homage to the Dakar Rally. Are we going to call it Dakar? Descar?
1: Yeah, I think Dakar.
0: Dakar, which is a endurance rally desert race.
1: A super brutal, one of the world's most
0: brutal rally races. Yes. 62% don't finish. Just don't finish because of mechanical issues. Yeah, because you're racing in the most inhosp. You're racing basically on the surface of Mars. That's <laughs> that's right. Hot and sandy, uh, as it would happen. Mechanical instruments and things don't like hot, dry, and sandy. They like it wet, sloppy. <laughs> anyway. So this watch is cool for one reason only. Besides it looks good and it's like a historic watch and doing all this cool thing. So um, the Porsche design has been working on PVD coatings and then titanium carbide coatings, Mm -hmm. which is... Uh, As not a metallurgist, my lay understanding of it is it's a really hard material to work with because not only is it super hard titanium, but it's also carbide fusion into the super hard titanium. So you're working with two difficult-to-work-with materials on their own. Mm -hmm. You're fusing them together to make coatings, which is really neat.
1: Yeah, so titanium carbide is like... DVD or or DLC, but better. It's a harder, Mm -hmm. more resilient, more robust
0: material. But this isn't a coating. Correct. And that's what makes this watch special. This watch is special because they found a way. They made a way. They didn't find it. They made a way to make the entire case from this material. What it leads to is a gorgeous color it's like this super it's it looks like titanium but it's darker it's almost like a really lightly grayed pvd titanium yeah it looks like it's pvd coated but it's not that's just the case you're also going to get all (laughs) of the like scratch resistance all of the wear resistance in this really dope rally sport watch so I understand this is forged,
1: which mm-hmm. makes sense, right? You you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to machine this whole watch, but it's certainly machined. There's
0: there's they have to do machining on it, right? right. You have to you have to machine in your uh threads. Oh, yeah, your threads. I was going to say bevels, but that's not it. Well, and you, I mean you have to you're going to all machine of all of it. Yeah. yeah. So
1: it's it's going to be the 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 main block is going to be forged,
0: but then you're going to have to machine in the they probably forge the slab and then machine in the cuts. Yeah. Which is cool.
1: Which I don't know I don't know what material you use for the cutting for the cutting tool. Like what's your tool material for
0: diamond? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Lasers, who knows. Yeah, this thing is crazy. It's super cool and it, it's kind of uh it, it's it's almost pushing the cutting when ed- I mean, it is pushing the cutting edge. Of what we're seeing of They're cutting edge case materials. <laughs> we're seeing a lot of experimentation in case materials right now and exploration in that. You know, we see the we see Omega using a carb a carbon stuff. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about another watch here in a little bit that's using some different materials for cases. And I kind of like the way luxury watches are going to broaden the horizon in case materials yeah so dimensions on this we've got a 42.7 millimeter case 15 and a half thick it's a thick bitch and i think they probably just didn't want to exert the effort to get it any smaller because when you're forging titanium carbide you're also dealing with like in to get it thinner it's just an enormous amount of
1: course. Well, so so talk about the watch a little bit. This mm-hmm. is a this is a Porsche Orfina yeah. looking. This is the watch you know, like you'd look at this top down, you'd know what it was. So this is a Porsche design Orphina chronograph. This is the one that you know and love, but with a Dakar logo and it's got some fancy stuff on it. It's got a Porsche wheel rotor, but it's just a Valjoux seventy seven fifty. Mm-hmm. It's a, a thick bitch. They call Porsche calls this movement the the work. W E R K zero one point two four zero, but it's a it's a seventy seven fifty variant, which the seventy seven fifty is in and of itself like a eleven millimeter movement. So I'm exaggerating by several millimeters there, but it's it's just a huge movement.
0: This is limited to twenty five hundred pieces, and it is fourteen and a half thousand dollars. This is a luxury
1: watch for sure. This is not a watch for the casual. This is not a watch
0: for the casual purchaser. It's not a watch for us. I wish it was a watch for us because I really like it.
1: Yeah, because it's cool. It's super rad. I, you know, <laughs> I, I think a material like this really neat, fun. Um, you, you know, practically speak. You, you know, it, it, it's like when, when you when you pick the character at the beginning of the Dungeons and Dragons video game or whatever. You either have the archer who's really nimble and can shoot really far, but if he gets whacked Looked at the even wrong way once, yeah. He crumbles, or you got the big tough guy that can take a dumb ton of damage, but doesn't have any range and is slow as shit. Right? There's going to be there's going to be limitations of this material. I don't know. I don't know what they are. I don't know if it's more sh- you know likely to shatter or whatever. Maybe the limitation is just the expensive tooling. I, I don't really know. It could just be cost prohibitive.
0: Th- that yeah, could because I don't see a weakness in in titanium alone. And then with a metallurging smelting of carbide into it.
1: Well, you you know, uh, so, so titanium carbide is going to be a a blend of those materials. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get the strength of titanium with the lightness and you know, sheer strength of, of carbon. I I mean, there's going to be benefits, but like a, a carbon fiber bike frame, super rigid, Super light, but you, you get hit with a fucking rock on the wrong part of the frame, and the and your face is going to be introduced to the earth. That's right. the The frame is totally toast. So,
0: have you watched any tour stages yet? Uh, no,
1: I haven't. I'm sorry. No. Fuck you too. I'm sorry. Don't be mad at me. So yeah, I don't know if there are limitations, and I'm not. I'm certainly not suggesting that those limitations exist. This I'm just saying, as with all things, like like titanium versus stainless steel. Well, you know, you know, what are the benefits? Stainless steel is easier to machine. You can get a much higher polish. You know, it's right. There's always trade-offs. So
0: there's no. I didn't find a
1: weight. Yeah, I don't see a weight. I, I imagine it's got to be feather very light. Yeah.
0: The movement is the heaviest part of this watch,
1: for for sure, and the movement obviously is steel. So uh but I imagine it's very very light. Yeah. This is cool.
0: <clears throat> I like seeing new case material and different stuff. Pioneering.
1: P i o n e e r i n g. Well, speaking of pioneering, I've got a fun watch. Do me. I actually maybe don't love this watch but it's fun so <coughs> a few years ago once upon a time in Hollywood came out Brad Pitt wore a citizen bullhead Zach Weiss famously uh, broke the news that when that film was based 1969 the bull hadn't bullhead hadn't been introduced yet it didn't matter because it was fucking rad um, and that watch is rad. that's the yeah. citizen bullhead chronograph which is you know this sort of unspoken hero of of citizen's watch line is a rad watch these are rad watches citizen for the 50th anniversary of that watch
0: <laughs> excuse me i really liked that movie by the way
1: it's a it's a fantastic movie yeah. yeah i think it was nominated for like 20 oscars uh Citizen has released a, a, an, a, an heir to that watch, A successor uh, maybe a successor. Yeah, so this watch is much different than that. If if you've seen the Bullhead, you know, in particular the one from the movie, gold case, gold dial, black subdials. It is a very simple watch. You've got the crown at twelve o'clock. This, I mean, it's just a simple watch. The new 50th anniversary Suno, what's my uh, reference here? It's
0: 30 characters, hang on.
1: Yeah, well, in any way, in any event, it'll be in the show notes. This new 2023 50th anniversary Suno is not simple. It is anything but simple, and there is a lot going on. You've got an alarm, you've got a date, You've got uh, a, an eco drive um, power reserve indicator. Uh, you've got a four o'clock crown for the GMT movement uh, or for the GMT uh, function. You've got a 12 o'clock crown. You've got black pushers as opposed to the gold pushers on the OG. I mean, this is
0: just a very busy watch. But for being so busy, it's actually not. It's like kind of it's it's very uh, Nighthawk. Like there's a shitload happening and they found a way to stuff it all in without it looking like a watch that you need to like change the dial on to find functionalities.
1: Yeah. This watch reminds me of a Nighthawk in terms of what it's doing Um, because it does everything. This watch does everything. It just doesn't have a slide rule. That's well fucking failure. That's right. It does not have a slide rule, uh, but it does have a tachometer tachymeter. meter. It's got, like I said, a, a power reserve indicator. It's got an alarm with an alarm on off indicator. Are you, are you ready for the, uh,
0: reference? Yeah. Go for it. A V zero zero seven two zero one. Stop. Stop. My ears, my ears stop. That's a lot. Yeah. X. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah what do you think of this i i I actually so so
1: hold on we got we got to say the most important part it's huge it's It's, 45 millimeters it's a big watch and it's also
0: thick which you kind of have to be to fit all that in i hate the integrated non-bracelet lug Mm, yeah i think on a bracelet i'm i'm okay with this and it does come it does come on the bracelet. You you But I don't like it on anything but the bracelet.
1: You cannot get the fiftieth anniversary gold version on a bracelet. You can <laughs> get the ProMaster Suno in both blue
0: and green, both which styles I like better. The gold's the baller, though. Yes. And that's it, right. That's needs, the Brad Pitt. It needs a gold bracelet. And on leather, it just doesn't look right. Yeah. It's also big. It's very it's very citizen.
1: Yeah. Well, so so three versions, you've got the 50th anniversary gold for eleven ninety five. You've got the steel blue on a bracelet for six hundred and twenty six fifty and you've got a limited edition super titanium green dial on a bracelet. Which is kind of an, it's got some things going on. It's an interesting watch, uh, and that one's also eleven ninety five. So these are up in citizens, up up in citizens price range for watches like these. Um, and they're you know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, right? They're discreet. These are discreetly citizen.
0: Mm-hmm. They're doing some stuff right now. They come in a cool pelican though
1: yeah yeah you're getting you're getting your money's worth but but you're, you're right Andrew these are thick How, what's the dimension on the what's the dimension on the thickness it doesn't say on the website but it looks
0: uh about 15 16. yeah it looks 16-ish but That's, I mean you have 19 complications yeah and you don't buy this watch because you want
1: something dainty either this is a big fucking watch. Yeah. I bet the super titanium is really
0: comfortable though.
1: Yeah, eleven $1, ninety-five for that guy. Cause even big, it's gonna be super light. Two hundred meters on these. These are these are cool oh, watches. Interesting. The
0: uh a, the non-limited edition, the super titanium and the blue don't have the integrated bracelet like the gold one oh, no, of the blue
1: they have the same it, it's the same thing it's a it's a tab that sticks out underneath the underneath the case it's it's the oh, same yeah. same design though
0: oh it just has a gold end link on the yeah that's right oh weird
1: That's right. anyway i thought these were cool and i was like that's worth talking about on our show about <sighs> 100% is. Affordable, cool watches, even if I
0: probably am not a buyer. No, I don't think I'd be a buyer for these, but I can I can certainly appreciate them. I like the bullhead. Andrew, what's next? I have another interesting case material watch. For a brand RDA, the older sibling of Cardi B. <laughs> um... <laughs> so this brand, RDA, A, has released a watch, the Aqua Saphir. And this is a brand I was not familiar with. Uh, and even looking at their website, I'm like, I don't really, this is, I don't know how I missed this. So they're an independent watch brand from Switzerland who got their start on Kickstarter. And then got a little bit of ass in the way of Yvonne Arpa of Hublot, Jacob & Co., Bomb & Mercier, you know, just some little fellas, to keep working toward whatever it is they're working toward. I'm not really sure what their goal is, but they have released an all-sapphire case aqua watch. hmm Not a dive watch. Reason, though it looks very much like a dive watch, it has a dive bezel, it is very dive-esque. All sapphire. Reason being that it's not a dive watch is that sapphire is really, really brittle. So to do any kind of machining on it is exceptionally challenging. Sapphire cases are not. This is not the first. What's impressive about the sapphire case is that historically, sapphire cases were very water resistant at thirty meters. Because to be able to machine the necessary space for gaskets, for pressure ratings, to really cinch things down, mm-hmm. you shatter the case. Yeah, this watch has achieved a sixty meter water resistance rating and to be able to double a water resistance is really cool. Yeah. So they've innovated some really creative ways to machine Sapphire to inlay things into the Sapphire to be able to create the necessary pressure to protect against water intrusion without shattering the case. And these watches are beautiful, they are not my cup of tea at all. I wouldn't even want to try one on if I saw it at a table. I would look at it and be like, that's really cool. Moving on. But this is neat. Specs on it. Besides our 60 meters of water resistance, we got a 41 millimeter case. A Where's the movement? Hang on. An Ardeon exclusive. Yeah. They're probably working off Salita being a Swiss brand. Maybe at a... Yeah. I mean, it could be any,
1: number, could of be any number of It could be any number of things.
0: They're, so they're doing some in house stuff to it. They have a skeletonized kind of brass looking. Maybe it's gold rotor. plated. Like, yeah. Rotor. Uh-huh. Yeah, it might be rose gold. It It's beautiful. I love it. Now, here, another thing here. Um, these are 30,000 Swiss francs. Yeah. <laughs> so again- <laughs> For the uh, cheap one. Yeah, for the cheap one. 39,000 for the the cayenne tinted bezel. Yeah. Because I guess, I mean, it has to do with the coloring of, of sapphire. And the, um, but these are gorgeous. I don't know who the target audience is for them, um, but look at this gray dial, this kind of meteorite gray dial on that bezel. Yeah. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah, the, these are interesting. I, I mean you, you clearly have you, you clearly have some luxury watch chops involved in the production of this thing. You, you if you saw this thing on Instagram, you might not you just scroll right by it. You might just go right by it because the the you, you know you can't thread you can't this can't be threaded, right? This is you can't torque it at all. That's right. So the crown tube just kind of sits in there. The Even the crown is machined. We, we see a lot of watches made from weird materials. And oftentimes the crown and the crown tube are still stainless. Here the crown mm-hmm. is machined sapphire. Yeah, so this is, you, you, you've got to kind of know what you're getting into with this watch. And for, for 30,000 francs, you really ought to know what and you're And you probably into. won't.
0: If you're dropping 30,000 on this, it's because it's pretty and you got 30,000. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Because it's beautiful.
1: Yeah. It's With that said, it's pretty rad. Yeah.
0: I don't like the ombre white and green dial, but that meteorite is... That's fire. So,
1: I got a watch. Okay. This is a watch that I first heard of from our fearless leader, Will Gillis. A couple weeks ago, Will, the watch clicker Gillis, uh, he posted Daddy. a review of a watch I had never heard of from a brand I had never heard of. And I was like, wait a minute. This thing's really cool. So he posted a review of the Arconaut Arc 2. And this is a watch that looks <coughs> looks different than other watches.
0: In every way.
1: In terms of the dial in terms of the case, in terms of the hand, hands, uh, in terms of the crown. And there's nothing on this watch that looks like other watches, right? Uh, A couple of interesting things about this watch. So first, integrated rubber strap, but not just integrated, seamlessly integrated, except for the difference in material. Uh, it's, it's not a tiny watch. This is a 41 millimeter sport watch, 13 millimeters thick, 50 millimeters long. This is a, a, a good size watch, but because of the way it curves and because of the integration, I suspect it probably wears a little bit smaller than this, but that's not the most interesting thing about this watch. The most interesting thing about this watch is that they're each piece unique In that the dials are made of a material referred to as Fordite or Detroit agate. And it's essentially a material made up of trash layers of automotive paint (laughs) that's gotten very hard and can be cut. Uh, Yeah, this is overspray. This is baked car paint overspray is essentially what Fordite is. So Ford being the car manufacturer. Fordite is hardened, baked paint that's then machined. And that's what these dials are made of, meaning as they're machined, you get these layers. And I, I think this is probably purpose-built as opposed to actual just oversprayed sprayed Fordite. Um, and they made dials. So each one of these dials is random, spotty, and more importantly, different. Mm-hmm. So you get to choose the dial you want and that's the dial you get and it's going to be the only one that looks like that. That's also true for meteorite or what, what's the material that Formax uses the green stuff.
0: Mother of Pearl. No, no, the, the green. One. No, anyway, I know,
1: I or, or, or Mother of Pearl, yeah. right? The same thing, but it's different than that because you're going to have different colors and different anyway. Very very cool. The whole thing is blobs. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So the whole thing's blasted, including the handset. There's no text branding markers. Uh, It is minimalist. Although it it seems a little difficult to call this watch minimalist when you look at it. Um, It's an ode to the Fordite. That's what this watch is built around. Man, it's so terrific. It's so terrific now will has his wrist to crystal measurement for which he's got this down to about 11 meters meaning with the curve millimeters what i say it's not 11 meters 11 millimeters which means with the curve of the case it's actually going to wear much smaller than that 13 millimeters would suggest Mm -hmm. uh made in denmark maybe not made in denmark but a danish company 100 meters of water resistance I think this is terrific, Andrew. And I hadn't heard of it, and then I was reading about it, and I was like, well, geez, we gotta talk about this. Uh, it's got some neat some neat tricks it pulls with the integrated rubber strap connection. Um, basically a tool, a it's not a spring bar, not a traditional spring bar connection. It's got like a toolless connection that l- looks pretty clever. Uh, geez, man. This is pretty... It looks,
0: it's screwed, though. This is pretty terrific. Relief cuts on the sides of the case. This is a neat watch. It yeah. looks like a UFO. It is UFO-ish. Yeah. It is
1: UFO-ish. No, it requires a screwdriver for strap changes. So I do understand these things are on a waiting list that you can get on. Um... And and I don't know what that's going to look like, you know, what the availability on these things is going to look like, but it's a sub $5,000 pretty neat thing, dude. This is cool. Uh, if, If you haven't seen it, check it out. There'll be a link in Will's review in the show notes as well as links in that review to the, to the website where you can find these things yeah Our 3950 so a10 that's the information i was looking for
0: okay so not cheap but i think pretty terrific it shouldn't be cheap though this is a, this is a one of a kind watch this yeah. is a cool watch different than anything else. really deliberately designed I'm, I'm for this kind of stuff andrew what's next i found a cool thing uh and i'll be linking to the youtube video so there's this fella oh what's his name
1: Jack Spiggle. Oh, Jack Spiggle, that guy. I have no clue who you're talking he's about.
0: He's so. an Australian DIYer who goes by Nano Robot Geek on Instructables. He acquired some first-gen Apple Watches and was oh, yes. trying to decide, what do I do with these things? One of his things that he's trying to reduce is, is e-waste, which is kind of inherent in our... Consumer, ever-evolving, once you break the seal on your electronic, is, it's obsolete. So he acquired these Apple Watches and was trying to figure out what to do with them. And he turned this first-gen Apple Watch into a mechanical watch, an automatic watch. And it took some doing. Right. So he's got a YouTube video that I'm going to link to. Uh, And, and really, you know, it's, you know, it's about finding a movement to fit inside the case. It's about doing a little bit of machining to open up the back of the case, to give you an exhibition view, to change out the dial, which he made himself. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also overcoming the odd placement of the crown on the Apple watch. He engineered a really neat way to overcome that. There will be no spoilers. I'm just going to link to the video and say, number one, this watch is all the beauty of Apple and all of the coolness of a really cool mod because the Apple Watches are the the early designs, not the enormous one, not the Hublot mm-hmm. Apple Watch that now people are wearing. Um, but just the small now Apple Watch is beautiful. It's this great. It's this, it's a design achievement. Yeah. Um, and this guy turning it into a automatic watch. I'm like, I mean, I'm ill qualified to take on this endeavor. Why shouldn't I? It's really cool. Watch the video. You will enjoy it. Uh, and also if for no other reason than just to see a cool Geek. Nerding out and doing a cool thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, this thing's really beautiful. We've got a zirconium (sighs) dial. Which uh, he laser
0: cut and did by himself. Beautiful hands. You've got an open heart. This thing's terrific. It's super cool. Tell me the Apple Watch doesn't have soul again, fucker. Yeah. This This is actually a Seiko NH38 movement
1: that's been... Fully custom. I mean, this is a mod, but this is like a next level. This is a next level watch mod, mm-hmm. and it's terrific. It's a yeah. The, you know, the the Time and Tide article you sent me about this thing references the uh, Swiss Alp watch final edition from Moser, uh, which is a similar, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a similar execution, uh, an objectively. Stunning watch, which is hilarious, but also a, a little absurd. This is not that. This is actually just cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because the the Mosher is like I don't know. It's a little weird. It's a strange move to pull. Well, it's a joke, right? It's a joke. It's but it's still people bought it for 30 grand. Right.
1: <clears throat> well, so in in the spirit of our show today, where we were talking about outrageously priced watches, I'm going to talk about another watch that's more expensive than than what we usually talk about, but because I think it's terrific. So, uh, Carrera is a, is celebrating its 60th anniversary this year, which we've noted on this show before. And Hoyer Tag Hoyer is really leaning into it as as you you as would. you do on a birthday. I guess uh, earlier this year they released the uh, the 60th anniversary glass box, um, and then just this week, just today, in fact, I read a glut of articles about a remake of probably the most sought after, one of the most sought after Carreras in existence which is the hoyer carrera skipper 7754 which is uh named after a america's cup 1967 uh skiing champion right so the 1967 america's cup a ship called the intrepid one the intrepid had this lovely kind of teal colorway And this was their commemorative watch for that. They did not make very many of them, but in the way of Carreras, it is pretty out there with its regatta timer styling and its colorway. You've got this teal and coral on a navy background. It's just different. It's different Mm -hmm. than what we're used to. So it is one of the most iconic culty, Carreras there are because there weren't very many of them and they're very hard to find. Uh and and so tag decided to issue its 60th anniversary glass box in a skipper form for the first time. And since 1968. And it's it's terrific. It's terrific. It's different than the skipper in some really notable ways. One, it's way bigger. I think the original skipper is like 34 millimeters and this one's 39 the original skipper is a two register this one is a this one is a three register with a seconds register at the six o'clock the original didn't have a day window this one does also at six o'clock the original one was very simple In its aesthetic, flat dial, uh, flat chapter ring, small, not very prominent markers. This one is not that. This is big, modern Carrera. dome. fuck you. Domed, raised chapter ring. uh, All the things. Shiny, glossy, bling-blang, big, prominent, fuck you handset. With that said they captured the the spirit of the original. Um yeah, this is a cool release I think from from TAG in 2023.
0: They captured the spirit of the original in the colorway only. How hard would it have been to keep the original pusher style? I think there's a few key misses in this in this updating of the of the watch cuz I think it's a really cool update. I think there were some there's some ways that would have been really easy to stay true to the original.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's what they're doing here, though. <clears throat> they're not trying to re-release the original.
0: No, they're updating and, and releasing a birthday they're successor. Trying to,
1: they're trying to have a variation on their new glass box, which is mm-hmm. their top-of-the-line fuck-you Carrera, and doing that in that colorway of the original, which I get. Two things I don't I like about this. W- w- one... I, I don't mind the pushers. I know you don't like the pushers. I want
0: I just I want original pushers.
1: Yeah. So so you know those classic pushers. I'm fond of them as well, Andrew. This has the modern Tag Heuer, fan, and this is a fantastic movement, by the way. This is the TH20, mm-hmm. fantastic movement, 80 hour power reserve on a chronograph.
0: Holy shit! But the, the sizing is perfect
1: though. I don't like the addition of the day window or the the uh, date window. Get rid of it. I don't I don't want a date on this watch. This
0: shouldn't have a date. I No, you're gonna get dates wearing this watch. You don't need a date on your on your dial. Right. <laughs> right.
1: I also don't like the fact that they moved the skipper text to the bottom of the of the nine o'clock register. So the original says skipper at 12 o'clock, and this one says Carrera at 12 o'clock instead of skipper. That feels like a mess to me. I don't mind the six o'clock seconds register i do mind the movement of the skipper
0: well because the six o'clock seconds register is almost deleted it's super subtle
1: yeah that's right it, it yeah. yeah that you're, you're right about that i think if they'd gotten rid of the date window kept the skipper text at 12 this would be better but you know we Career
0: text at six like just i don't know
1: they they, they make you make decisions or put the career text at the in the Nine o'clock and keep that skipper prominent. But, you know, you make decisions. I'm, I, everybody's going to, everybody's a critic, but. They kept the K shape
0: really close, up to and including the beveling on the inside of the lugs. Well, that's the Carrera case. Right. I mean, I guess is, just, it's just, it's a Carrera. But they didn't have to, given the other changes they've made. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, I, I mean, this is case. just a glass box. This is just yeah. a
1: glass, but this is exactly the same as the glass box,
0: the 60th anniversary. Keep the so. pushers, man. Yeah. And yeah. put it on a rally strap. What the fuck? <laughs>
1: All right, now you're being silly. You can I'm, buy your own rally strap. <clears throat> Anyway, that's cool. So these are uh, not limited, which is cool. They're available now-ish. They're about 6,600 francs, so I think that's 7,500 bucks. So they're not cheap, but it is that's a... That's in line with... It's a TH20 Carrera, top of the line. This thing is fantastic that's a great value barring my
0: minor bitches i really like this watch i could i could wear this watch and
1: it's it's not offensive too so it it does have a 15 minute regatta timer so that's the big difference between this and the glass box so it's actually got a separate reference it's not a th20-00 it's a th20-06 because you've got a 15 minute regatta timer which i don't know if this is still the case but in 1968, that was to indicate the 15 minutes that you had to get through the opening gate. So this has got that timer on it as well.
0: Cool. Cool, cool. Uh, I mean, since we're talking about Tech Heuer, uh it's only fitting to talk about the skeleton, which I don't know that we've talked about yet. It's also not a particularly... We skipped over this. We had it in the show notes one day and didn't make it there. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about this. I saw it again on a hands-on review and was like, oh yeah, we haven't talked about this. This is my favorite Monaco. I don't like skeleton dials. Me either. This is my favorite Monaco. And I think this is one of my, this is in my opinion, the best executed skeleton dial I've ever seen. Because they used so much color above the skeleton dial that it almost creates the illusion of there being a dial. And until you're close up on it, you're not, you don't see that it's a skeleton. I love this. The DLC black and teal is terrific.
1: So you have these. Yeah, it looks like a Tron. It looks like a Tron Monaco.
0: Yeah, it does. You you have both of your registers outlined outlined in teal. You have teal um I don't even know what you'd call. It. They almost look like bull bars creating that depth that you would expect on the dial. And then the way they've done the skeleton, it's dark. That almost looks like a black dial with teal highlights. I Dig this. This black and teal talks to me. Yeah,
1: yeah. So <clears throat> so these are these are also TH20 movements. Mm-hmm. I think this is the O2 movement. Um yeah, they're the TH THO2s. Which is tags sort of don't fuck with us, chronograph movement. Uh and it's a Monaco, right? This is a this is a Monaco. Exactly like you'd expect, but but I agree with you, Andrew. That the depth on the dial on this thing is terrific, and and they've got that big raised square sapphire glass that mm-hmm. kind of sits above everything. Everything is like chamfered. There's chamfers on chamfers every step of the way as you get around this thing. Even the corners are sort of angled. This is a a very interesting.
0: It's got like a surfboard bridge over the skeleton. Yes. Which is, I think, what makes the skeleton work.
1: This is a very interesting application of geometry and watch design. And I think my favorite part is on the sub-dials. The seconds are lined up in two parallel lines. Mm -hmm. So you've got 25, 30, and 5 straight across the top and 10 15 and 20 straight across the bottom on your 32nd register and and then on your hour register 10 12 2 4 6 8 mm-hmm. but they're in straight lines yeah. and they ju- it's just angle on angle on square, on square on square on square on square and it's rad yeah it's cool
0: a a rubber a rubberized bracelet with it's not full rubber, it's rubber and it's nylon like sailcloth. Yeah, to kind of bring more of that racing feel into it. This is this is my jam.
1: Unfortunately, they're eleven thousand dollars. These are expansive. Yeah,
0: these are expansive, but they're pretty rad. If I could get a Monaco for like fifty bucks, I'd I'd buy it. I really want a Monaco.
1: I like it. I mean, it's it's up there with the sub and the speedy and perhaps the your Cartier the Santos as the most iconic watches, right? So you got mm-hmm. the the Navitimer, the Santos, the sub, the speedy, and I think the Monaco, right? In terms of like recognizable five yeah. most recognizable watches on earth yeah i think it's i think it's up there with those that that's my that's my list of five you know maybe we need to have
0: that episode Who i've just i've just there would be a, you'd finally contributed once <laughs> <laughs> that would be a contentious episode we would get some real hate mail
1: i've just given my spoilers for what i think are the five and maybe it's not that maybe it's not that controversial but uh yeah
0: i don't know if i put the santos up there
1: You know, I think there's an argument to be made for the tank to be in that spot, and certainly
0: there are... I think you put the tank in there. See, for me, I think we'll have to discuss this maybe in the next couple weeks.
1: And do a top 10 most iconic watches of all time.
0: Yep, do a top 10. We make our lists. We come in blind, and then we fight to the death. Listen, folks, this is how the sausage is made.
1: Mm -hmm. Andrew, are there any other watches that you would love... Or even like to talk about before uh, we move it along.
0: Um, I'm deleting pages right now. Uh, I do want to just briefly mention, uh, the Zodiac Super Sea Wolf in ceramic. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it, and we don't have to talk about it super long. It's a Super Sea Wolf. It's in ceramic. Ceramic is. Certainly, an innovative material for Zodiac to be working with. It's not all that innovative in the way of the industry. It's really cool. I really like the look of ceramic cases, I really like the look of non-steel cases mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, I think this is really cool because the Zodiac is already the Super Seawolf is already so colorful and and zodiac does this really great job in the way that ferro does in incorporation of color to bring a ton of personality into the watch without being crazy
1: yeah i don't think we talked about these last year when they released the black version of these but it's essentially just a sea wolf with uh, it, it's it's like I, if if i understand it correctly there's a metal there's a steel core yes that sits inside of a ceramic case and the entire the entire thing is ceramic the bezel's ceramic the the bezel insert ceramic and the case is ceramic i
0: don't like them they look cheap
1: i don't like the black version anywhere near as much as i like this white this version this white and orange the, holy shit so that's the update. They've released this in white this year, and they're, mm-hmm. they are they are hey XY. and they're and they're eighteen hundred
0: bucks, right? That's like really accessible,
1: right? This is certainly not cheap. This is not an "quote unquote" <laughs> affordable watch, but when you compare this to like whatever an IWC,
0: but I think when you're also getting when when you're when you're branching out and you're getting into Swiss made, truly Swiss made long-standing reputable brands oh, yeah.
1: zodiac's a player
0: they're a player and that's that's affordable for that space that you're playing and you know once we move out of purely asian manufacturing or even majority asian manufacturing this is not affordable but it's accessible andrew other things mm. what do you got I have another thing. I hope you do. Yesterday yeah. I'm cooking. Uh <laughs> I'm making dinner. And I like look down at my clothes and I'm upset because I'm I have like splatter and grease stains all over me. And I was like, man, what the fuck? And for some reason, I and like I've been cooking a lot for a long time it finally dawned on me oh get an apron just solve the problem <clears throat> which took me to the internet and the internet took me to some weird places you know i i just i my initial google search was best aprons 2023 best apron <clears throat> porn 2023 oh i'll be shooting that <laughs> Later this month, uh, you'll see it on the only It's not a big deal. Uh, so it, it took me to some weird places and there's a couple brands that are like industry standards and it's like the, these are what professional chefs wear, but I didn't want the thing that you're, that an, a restaurant is buying at wholesale to outfit their chefs with, right? I didn't want something disposable. So then I kind of went a little bit deeper and there's a few brands that stood out And those kind of hovered in the $100, $150 zone because I I didn't want like a linen, you know, barefoot Contessa apron. Right. I I wanted something. You you didn't
1: want the Hadley & Bennett.
0: Yeah, right. I didn't want that. I wanted something structurally sound. I wanted something with some pockets. I wanted something with as little hardware as possible. So I knew I wanted a cross neck apron because that removes some hardware immediately i wanted something that passed through canvas because i wanted canvas or something of that of that ilk not leather though leather would look really good on me (laughs) and i came across a guy i don't remember his name he's a youtube chef fella who was like carhartt and i did some Digging on the Carhartt, and there's a couple professional chefs around the world who are like, Oh, yeah, this is all reliable. This is the one. And it makes perfect sense because Carhartt makes really durable workwear mm-hmm. that only gets better with time. The first time you put it on, you're like, Man, this is uncomfortable. This is like trying to wrap a piece of sheet metal around my body to form it to my body. But then once you've worn it
1: 500 times, mm-hmm.
0: It it's, perfectly forms to it. So this like a is a crossback. There is one connection point on the top and it's stitched, which means it's easily repairable. There is no hardware to fail. It crosses, it passes through a rivet in the sides of your apron to be able to pull it tight and adjustable height ties in the back. It has more pockets than I'm ever gonna know what to do with. That was my first thought. I was like, man, this is a lot more pockets than I think I wanted. But I'm, it's, it's got like 15 pockets. No, it's got like 50 pockets (laughs) because every pocket is layered. So for every one pocket you see, there's three beneath it. There's a zipper pocket on the front. There's a pet. There's everything I could ever need. This apron is more than I'll need, which is exactly the kind of stuff that I want to buy. It's not something I'm going to grow into. It's something I can never grow out of. And here's the winner. It's 40 bucks. Yeah. I got it in the mail today. I put it on. It fit like a piece of sheet metal wrapping around my body. And I'm like, thank you, Carhartt. It's got stiff pockets. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to destroy you. Yeah, And I will never be able to do it.
1: I think the nice thing about this is is a, a you you can wash it right it's just duck fabric i'm not going to but you can you can wash it and and if you if you hand wash it it's gonna so so actually duck fabric so i've got a pair of car hearts that i treated like raw denim and they're they've got terrific fades sick fades bro that type of thing mm-hmm. uh so you can treat this like raw denim and but but because of the nature of this thing, you can use it for garage stuff and kitchen
0: stuff. That's exactly what I w- what I'm gonna do with it. It's gonna be a wood shop apron. It's gonna be my my clothes protector.
1: I guess I, w- I would say if you're going to like, Do small
0: engine repair. I probably will be just wearing grubbies at that point point, not my apron. Yeah. Or if you do, maybe. For the purpose of contamination. Maybe
1: just give it a quick rinse before you take
0: it into the kitchen. Yeah. I'm excited about this. Yeah, That's right. It's a little longer than I was expecting, but it's also, like, I'm not a tall guy, so that's, like, that's just sort of my life. You can get a hem, too. I'm not going to. I'm just gonna.
1: Just gonna rock it. Yeah. Cool, man. I'm excited about this. So I've got another thing, Andrew. Do me. And I know you just talked about an iOS video game mm. recently, but I'm going to talk about an iOS video game because I got I got caught. I got unwittingly, unexpectedly caught. Are
0: you making money on Solitaire Clash by a game?
1: I'm not. No, I I did the thing. You, so actually, after you had your other thing a few weeks ago about Rome,
0: yeah, It was last week.
1: Uh, was that last week? Mm-hmm. Okay. So right after that, I did the same thing. I went back to the house and I was like, you know what? I need a new iOS video game. And I looked at Rome and I was like, this isn't for me. I, I'm i not. This isn't my style of game and I don't think I'm going to enjoy it. But in looking at it, I found a game that I thought, now this does look like me. And it, this is a PC game that's been ported to iOS and the review I said said one of the few iOS ports that works as well, if not better, than the original. And There's I was like, something what? there. I was like, that's cool. That's a cool thing. It is a rogue-like or roguelite game, meaning sort of a top-down dungeon crawler game. But unlike a dungeon crawler, this is sort of like a twin stick shooter but it's just one stick but also like bullet hell nightmare game called vampire survivors and i was reading the reviews and i was like i don't know <clears throat> 30 minute levels um you know 15 or 30 minute levels this looks
0: like your style
1: like i don't know this seems like and also like Castlevania graphics like uh, fuck it it's free I'll I'll take a flyer so I downloaded this thing it's free there are some ads but they're not uh, they're not intrusive uh, and they're not mandatory so you can get sometimes you can get a revive for an ad or if you want more gold you can get that for an ad but you don't have to do the ads they make money they've got some DLC drops that you can make money on uh the one thing that it doesn't have that i at least i don't think it has is the ability to just pay the manufacturers and skip all the ads Mm -hmm. which i don't love but but the ads aren't there unless you ask for them they're the ads don't pop up watch ad ad. for x like if you want to revive what you can you can do so by watching this ad um but they're not you you never have to watch them if you don't want to Uh, And the game is perhaps the most addictive game I've ever played in my life. Uh, And and really deep, surprisingly deep. When you start playing, you're like, this is going to get old quick. And it doesn't because they add just enough stuff. When you get to the point where you're like, this could get boring. It's like, oh, no, they added a thing. And now it's not boring anymore. Uh, that seems to be that seems to be the theme in the games I've played most recently that I was like, whoa, whoa, this is cool. So I talked about a game recently that I'm blanking on the name of, but it was the same thing, right? It was like just when you think you had it figured out, there was this next layer of complexity that popped in. You're like, oh. Well, that's interesting. Have you played the new Bloons? They've done an update and added a new monkey. I haven't, but the kids are talking about it. He's a
0: baller. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Vampire Survivors. Uh
1: really fun. Really, really it, fun. It
0: looks good. It looks very much like uh like <laughs> NES graphics. I'm there's a game that I'm trying to think of that I can't remember. It's not a top-down, it's a 2D, like very much Mario um oh man you're like fighting the undead and like shooting gravestones and shit Castlevania? no No. it's not it
1: well in any event this game feels very much like a game that could have been made 30 years ago but with modern complexity and data and rng and Really cool. It, it is really, really well executed. Now you may have already heard of this if you're into this scene because I understand it's kind of an old game, and there are a bunch of clones that popped up, but this is the one, and it's terrific. Really, really good and fun. I've been playing it for about a week now, and I've wasted way more time on it than I care to admit.
0: Oh man, you remember Earthworm Jim?
1: Love that game. Love that game. It's really, really brutal. That that. Fish tank level,
0: brutal. Super ghosts and ghouls? Ghouls and ghosts? Yeah, ghouls and ghosts. That's the one. I can't believe I had that game. But <laughs> Yeah, ghouls and ghosts. That's kind of what it reminds me of. Similar aesthetic. Okay. Andrew, did we do it?
1: As always. Anything you want to add before we go? Get out of here so I can do notes. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for this episode 40 and twenty the watch clicker podcast why don't you check us out at WatchClicker.com. that's where we post reviews articles and of course every single episode of this podcast you can also check us out on instagram at watch clicker or at 40 and 20 underscore watch that's the only active 40 and 20 instagram account and if you want to support us and oh boy we hope you do because this is expensive and we get paid nothing. You can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Those of you who are already supporting, thank you so much. You're the one that lo- you're the ones that make this all possible because hosting and hardware and software is not cheap. And it's all subscription. Patreon.com slash 40 and 20. And don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye bye. Thank you.